All right, happy Monday, Syracuse fans. Welcome back to another week of Locked On Syracuse. We have you every single weekday right here, wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse is the handle for us. Tim Leonard, Tyler Aki here with you. We're chatting on Sunday night, post The Last Dance, episodes three and four. Tyler, you're the Chicago guy. I gotta guy. say, Tim. It was good. Um, it was, it was good. very good. Those were the the two best. Two of the more savage episodes, too. Just yes. the, the interviews that we saw and everything. I will say this, not to toot my own horn here, but I did say we have to wait until after because we know there's going to be some stupid Syracuse mm-hmm. thing that happens once again. So we have to wait till after. So I'm two for two on that now. We got the little Carmelo Anthony tidbit talking about how Dennis Rodman didn't care about playing in that last game and how that sort of resonated with him. And then we also got, I guess not a direct Syracuse tidbit, but the guy who stole the show in last night's The Last Dance was Horace Grant, who is the uncle ah, yeah. of... Jeremy Grant, the former Syracuse player. So he, he stole the show when he, he's talking about the Pistons and their walk-off, and he says they're just straight up bitch. So that, that stole <laughs> the show. That was the line of the night, and, and I think Twitter agrees with me on that. Yeah, look at us, though, as sports fans. We get the NFL draft and the last dance. It feels like we're just getting yeah, everything Four days of now, sports. I don't once. remember what that's like. Four yeah, days in a it's row. It's good to have. And I guess now we'll we'll tide you over for a little bit until we get back to the last dance. And hopefully some more stuff is on the horizon here. But the NFL draft has come and gone. And Syracuse got two players drafted. That's what we predicted. First time they've had two players drafted since 2014. We knew Alton Robinson was going to get drafted. He goes early in the fifth round, about maybe even a little bit higher than maybe you'd expect. Higher on the good side, I mean. And about where we anticipated for him yeah. to go. But the second mm-hmm. guy, a little bit of a surprise. It was Sterling Hoffrichter, our good our guy who's on the podcast. Yes, got the podcast bump, goes at the same exact pick as Riley Dixon, ironically. 228 overall, seventh round, kind of middle of that seventh round. A punter off the board. He goes to the Falcons, Robinson to the Seahawks. Both, I think, very good fits for what they want. Yeah. The surprising thing, I guess, was... Tristan Jackson did not get drafted, and obviously now he's on to a free agency signee, undrafted free agent with the Rams. We'll get into the undrafted free agents because there were a lot of them for Syracuse to fill you in on. Yeah. But mm-hmm. let's start with the draft picks. Robinson goes early fifth round, and I don't know about you, but Seahawks, to me, I guess this is the easy thing to do, and you always want to be optimistic in these scenarios, but Pete Carroll, edge rushers, has always been seem to have a keen eye for it. And the Seahawks have always been known for good defense, good edge rushers. I feel like this is maybe best case scenario for him. This was really good for Alton. And there was also the whole storyline that came out too of how he was training out in the Seattle area as well in the state of Washington. So there was that whole thing, the geographically it kind of aligned there. And again, people talk, all right? So people in that area, they got a little bit of intel on Alton Robinson. And what do you know? He ends up as a Seattle Seahawk. He's familiar with the area, of course, now, just from living out there for a little bit. So that, I think, will be a good fit for him. And again, the Seahawks could be getting a steal here. I know everyone's going through their steals of the draft, their busts uh, <laughs> about guys who won't play a game for at least four months here. But that's right. beside the point. When you look at what Alton Robinson was, I mean, this was a guy who could have been 
a third round pick or even a second round pick. That's the way he was trending after his junior season at Syracuse. So who knows? Maybe they did get a steal here. We saw how well Jadevian Clowney played with this Seahawks team a season ago. Now, Clowney, I don't I don't believe is back. I have to brush up on my NFL free agency, but I don't believe I think he's, he's back. Uh, I think he I, is I think... right now, but they, they drafted very edge rusher heavy. Okay. So it almost makes you feel like he's he's on his way out, well, maybe. Well, either way, all right? Either he's going to be able to learn behind a guy like Clowney or he's going to be put into a situation where he's been given sort of a blueprint to thrive. Now, he's not going to be a starter from day one, but he's going to get, be given an opportunity. And as a fifth-round guy, that's what you have to take advantage of. Again, these fifth, sixth, seventh-round guys, they usually don't pan out, okay? That's just the nature of the beast. <laughs> There's a reason why guys are drafted rounds one through four. Not everyone can be Tom Brady or Russell Wilson, okay, to, to bring it into a, a sort of Seahawks uh, theme here but that this is where you have to try to you, you got to claw your way through and that's something that Alton Robinson is going to have to do yeah and I think it's cool that once he was selected I forget exactly who was talking I don't think it was Mel Kuyper but they had very complimentary things to say as they do with most NFL draft selectees of course right. once they're breaking down their film but also they mentioned that Syracuse kind of has a history with defensive linemen and edge rushers in particular. They brought up Chandler Jones, I think, and I think I saw Syracuse football tweeted out that this is the fifth in sort of the last decade. Maybe that's slightly off, but the point holds that we know this has become a position that does translate to the NFL somewhat, at least for Syracuse standards, fairly well. And you like to see Robinson hopefully continue that growth. I think of all the guys... We're very high on Sterling Hoffreter, who we can talk about here in a second, because we think he has a position that he could be a fixture in for a while in punter. But edge rusher is a little tougher to crack. But I would say of all the guys, Robinson to me, and it makes sense that he was the first one picked off the board from Syracuse. He, to me, is the guy that has the best chance of really being maybe a star in the NFL. Yeah, He's got the highest ceiling for Agreed. sure. Yeah, and... It's almost unfair, kind of, what Syracuse football. And I, I get you want to tout who your your legends are from the program, but then you see them go out there and slap Alton Robinson on a graphic alongside Chandler Jones and <laughs> yeah. Dwight Freeney. And it's like, all right, kid, here, here's a couple Hall of Famers <laughs> that we're gonna, just going to lump you in to this right. crowd with. So a little unfair there, I think. But, hey, it, it's it's still good company where you can at least be put in the same sentence as them. Yeah. So Sterling Hoffrichter goes middle of the seventh round. I don't know about you, but I saw that and I was really pumped up. Like I did it a just fist felt pump. good to yeah. see. Yeah. So I, I was, was cool. working. We we were doing an NFL draft show at, at the radio okay. station that I work with, and all of a sudden I it was just perfect timing. It's like the the Syracuse, the the podcast, the the gods were all telling me, Hey, look <laughs> up at the TV right now, and boom, what do I see? Sterling Hoffrichter to the Atlanta Falcons, gave a little fist pump because that A was huge for us personally because we've talked with Sterling. He's a great guy, and, and you yeah. love to see guys like him achieve things like that. Again, you and I weren't sure if he was going to get drafted, not because he's no. not a good player, but because that's just the nature of how the special teams position works. I mean, 
sure, we saw the the Patriots take a kicker in what the the fourth or fifth round in this draft, fifth but we round, also saw yeah. the the number one supposed kicker on the board go undrafted as well in Rodrigo Blankenship. So, the the special teams position is always super wonky like that, and right. to see Sterling Hoffrichter picked and. and like you mentioned, in that same exact spot that Riley Dixon was picked at 228, felt really good for us, and I felt really good for Sterling. And I texted him right after, just saying congratulations to him. He was very appreciative, and I'm looking forward to his career. It's gonna fit well for him. He's he's back in a dome, so yeah, you, you can. And not just that, but think about the division he's in. Okay, Carolina, you're gonna get nice weather most of the time. That's like playing your Clemson game once a year. You got New Orleans in your division, also a, a dome stadium. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. you get Tampa Bay, which is going to have a very similar climate to Florida State. So, hey, yeah. you're pretty much playing in the ACC all over again. Right, and Tampa's kind of close to where he grew up. I mean, relatively, it's in Florida, and yeah. that's obviously mm-hmm. where he grew up. So I saw he was joking on Twitter with Riley Dixon, like 44, question mark. Maybe the new number's 228 or something, <laughs> yeah. and they were having some fun. Yeah. And, you know, when we had him on the podcast, I don't know even how long ago that was. You lose track of time during this quarantine. But you can go back and find it. I think it was early April. Early April, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can find it if, if you go through our feeds for sure. And be sure to check it out because it was a fun two-part conversation with him. But when we had him on, he did say Atlanta was – that team that was really talking to him the most probably. And we were like, Oh, that's a dome team for you. That could be good. So it was kind of cool to see Atlanta was the team that took him. And again, I think it's a good fit. I think once you get to the seventh round and we'll talk, touch on the guys that didn't get drafted shortly here. Obviously I was bummed for Tristan Jackson because I expected him to get drafted. And that's a really tough thing to be ready to, you know, you've been waiting for that day your whole life. And, And that's a bummer for sure. But You have to keep in mind, so much of that is in the sixth and seventh round to me is just teams picking their guys. Like Hoffrichter is someone that Atlanta was just infatuated with. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily better than Tristan Jackson. Of course, it's not apples to oranges with their positions anyway. But like you said, the number one kicker didn't get picked, but other kickers did. It's just whose guy is for each team. And that's where it becomes tough because this is obviously people's livelihood now and you really do feel for guys like Tristan Jackson but he'll get his chance and we'll go over those guys in a moment here yeah there's a reason why those rounds those later rounds the the time to make your selection is what is it three minutes four minutes there's a reason why it's that short it's because we want to get things going we're just taking names off the board here I mean (laughs) that Saturday of the draft is a long day all right for everyone execs players, agents, the the whole shebang there. So that that's a, a long day, and I'm glad that Sterling got to, to hear the, the fruits of his labor get called. And one more thing I want to add on Sterling before we get on to the, the undrafted guys. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, that Chipper Jones tweeted a oh, congratulations cool, yeah. to him because he had said, I don't know if it was on his teleconference or just something private with the Falcons, how Chipper Jones, he was a huge chipper jones fan and that's the reason why he wore number 10 in college and then he gets the the quote tweet on the atlanta falcons tweet of chipper jones welcoming him to atlanta that's got to be a pretty sweet unbelievable moment talk about a cherry on top for we're gonna try to get sterling back on too to to talk that'd be awesome yeah 
I'm sure he's jazzed up. Congrats to him. Congrats to Alton. And congrats to these other guys, too, that we're about to talk about here. There were four guys that have now signed since, and this is us talking on Sunday night. So I expect maybe a couple more will come out in the coming days. We'll talk about maybe some other guys that could be signed and the four guys that have signed so far, which teams picked him up, and whether those are good fits or not. That's next. All right, now to the undrafted free agents, who most of these were announced Saturday night. We're talking here on Sunday here on Locked on Syracuse. The four guys from Syracuse who were picked up by teams, I'll run through them real quick. Tristan Jackson, who we mentioned we thought was going to get drafted Good news is he was picked up by the Los Angeles Rams. Pretty good group of wide receivers he's joining there. Defensive end Kendall Coleman, who has been getting rave reviews from former Indianapolis Colt Robert Mathis, is going to the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe that had something to do with it. He's actually joining a couple former SU teammates of his. Zaire Franklin and Steve Ishmael are on the Colts. Is Robert Mathis a former Colt? Am I that old? I thought he was still playing there. No, you're right. <laughs> is he, 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 is, he is well retired. I, yeah. I don't know why I, was I, I had s- that triggered in my mind that he was a a, <laughs> a current Indianapolis Colt. Because that would be yeah. impressive. He is almost 40 years old. So my sense of time right. has been taken out of whack these couple of, Honestly, past dude, couple of weeks. Honestly, dude, my NFL knowledge is is down too. <laughs> and I just, I just assume because I feel like anyone who's in that iffy range, if they're still playing, I just say they're not playing because that's how long it's been. Yeah, since if I've you're really if you were a star for the Colts, you are probably retired at this point. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's that's a good way of putting it. So yes, I I think he is retired, but he has been helping Kendall Coleman out. They've trained together, so who knows if that had some say. And then also Sean Riley. A slot receiver goes to my New England Patriots. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting. I was kind of surprised by that one. I didn't think Riley was going to be a name that we'd hear because of the size and whatnot. But, hey, he's a gadget guy. We've seen Belichick have success out of the slot with with some of these smaller receivers. And, I mean, Riley brings speed. He can bring you something in special teams. I mean, we've heard Julian Edelman's name floated around in all these different trade Ah, discussions. If I, if I may stick the knife in a little bit on you, Tim, but we have (laughs) heard that. And this would be a way to not only fulfill a slot receiver need, but remember Edelman fields a lot of punts too. And and Riley could do that for you on special teams. So you got to think, especially for some of these guys who are undrafted free agents, special teams is one of the best ways to work your way onto an NFL roster, and Sean Riley fits that bill. Now, return man isn't always the way to go in that because that's one position, but these other Mm -hmm. guys, I mean, you look at some of the other names that are unsigned, Chris Frederick, Evan Foster, Antoine Cordy, Mo Neal. I mean, those are guys that maybe could cut their teeth into the league on special teams and maybe go from there and find a bigger role. Yeah. You know, everyone listening just then was like, please keep sticking the knife to the Patriots fan. Like, I, I really shouldn't complain whatsoever, obviously. And it's an American just pastime. just like to acknowledge that. All right? It, yeah. Jabbing at the Pats fan. You want to know what's funny? I have actually never been a Patriots hater in my life. I don't know if it's the fact that I'm a Bears fan and you I have to go against... greatness, I, I have to go you, against Rodgers twice a year, okay? I, yeah. That, that's why Tom Brady, to me, I mean, he's a stud, yeah, but... And, he, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but... Two minutes left in the game, I'd rather be facing Brady than Rodgers. 
solely off of personal really? experience. Uh, yeah, but see, but I'm, that's a I'm whole other podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole that, other podcast. We're getting off the rails. Yeah. The other guy. Now we're not giving credit to these guys because mm-hmm. we're talking about Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. But Evan <laughs> Adams, let's shout him out as well because yeah. he picked up an offer with the Baltimore Ravens, signed late in that Saturday evening. So those are the four guys. Couple guys. Uh, and I'm just rattling these off through the Syracuse.com article from Stephen Bailey. A couple other guys, Chris Frederick, you mentioned Evan Foster, Antoine Cordy, Mo Neal, Lakeem Williams, and Kenneth Ruff are maybe kind of still out there seeking a deal. Haven't heard anything yet. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, they have picked up something. But right now we know of these four guys, Jackson, Coleman, Riley, and Adams. Let's start with Jackson real quick because I think he is the guy that maybe is kind of a bummer from this whole ordeal just because we thought he would get drafted. There's kind of two ways to look at where he is now with the Los Angeles Rams. I guess one way to look at it is he can learn from a lot of those receivers that are there. The other way is it's a competitive receiving crop and maybe in some regards be better to go somewhere with a little more opportunity. But I think for him, he kind of has shades of a guy they used to have and Brandon Cooks, and I know he's a little bit bigger, but like his skill set maybe could someday get to the Brandon Cooks type. That might be like his ceiling. So the Rams definitely have an eye for that type of player, so maybe that's a good thing. And you look at the Sean McVay offense too, and all these other different gadget offenses that you're seeing spread across the NFL right now. You don't necessarily need to be some big dude who high points the football. Now, of course... You, at some point, you do need that in your repertoire, right. but or at least on your roster. It doesn't necessarily have to be Jackson, but a lot of these teams are, are predicated on speed and moving over the middle, and that's something that we saw Tristan do a lot of during his time at Syracuse. So he could fit in really nicely with the Rams in that regard because he's got the the speed. He he's he's good with the routes that he has been given to run. He is a good route runner. And that's something that yeah. can separate you. I mean, if you can create separation, they don't care if you run a, a 4-3 or if you run a 4-7. If you can get open, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, I I made the comparison earlier about defensive line. I've always been an advocate that maybe wide receiver could be a position that could kind of be attached to Syracuse down the road here. Right now, it's punter you, and that's obviously well-deserved as well, given that Hoffrichter was drafted too. But wide receiver has produced so many numbers for Dino and every year there's been someone that has really kind of reaped the rewards through his system. I think they just need one of those guys to translate to the NFL and that could help a lot. That could be that next level of Mm -hmm. adding that recruiting pitch to a wide receiver and you got Sean Riley and Tristan Jackson in this class. I'm not giving up on the Edithalos and the Steve Ishmaels as well but maybe Jackson could be that type of guy because that's kind of what they're missing in terms of selling to a wide receiver. And they were in the conversation for a lot of four-star wide receivers this year and by all accounts pretty close to getting one. And I felt like that's a position where they could crack that four-star threshold in the near future. So if Jackson could make it, not, I mean, obviously you want him to make it just because you're rooting for the guy, but also selfishly as a Syracuse fan, it could have some rewards down the road as well. And you'd imagine with the numbers that these receivers put up, 
at some point Syracuse is going to get over the hump. Yeah. Not to to pull it into a last dance comparison, but you knew at some point <laughs> Jordan was going to beat the Pistons, okay? It's all about just getting over that hump. It it eventually happens. If you keep chipping away and we see that year in and year out under Dino Babers, they put out almost if not the most offers two kids across the country, okay? They've got the most active offers out there. So yeah. that's just something that is probably going to happen within the next two, three years where you will see a big-name receiver. Tristan could be a big part of that if he does stick with the Rams because, again, this Rams team is one that, that knocks on the playoff door every single year. I mean, they're not too far removed from going to the Super Bowl. And regardless of your opinion of Jared Goff, They've got offensive firepower around them. Now, they're going to have to rebuild a little bit. You lost Brandon Cooks. Uh, you lost Todd Gurley as well. Todd Gurley now going to be a teammate of Sterling Hoffrichter instead of Tristan Jackson. So yeah. um, that that's something to monitor because they, they are retooling, but there are still some really strong pieces on that Rams offense. Yeah. Also, I, I will say before we kind of shift to basketball recruiting here, and there is some big basketball recruiting news, so stick around in a sec, but Evan Adams maybe will go under the radar. Like, we almost forgot to mention him. Not actually, but we started talking about a different subject and reeled it back in. I I think just because he's not a flashy position, you might forget about him. Him with the Ravens, that could be a pretty good fit there. I'm not ruling out Evan Adams by any means, and Kendall Coleman as well. I think of the guys that didn't get a signee so far that we know of maybe the one that was the most surprising we kind of talked about this off air but mo neal just because he's got some pass catching to his game and he mm-hmm. feels kind of like a modern back a he could be bit. like a third down back yeah 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 so i don't know i mean hopefully those guys get reeled up soon and i would say tristan jackson right now obviously it's a bummer that he didn't get drafted it cost him some money but all that matters really, and this is true for NBA and NFL, it's the fit. That's so important. That's why I feel really good about Robinson and Hofferter kind of after this thing. I'd rather Hofferter go to a team that's a good fit than get drafted. Maybe that sounds dumb to say, but I really think the fit is what's the most important thing. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to be a punter and you're going to go compete with, with two, three other guys, uh, <laughs> maybe the fit's not there, but... Hoffrichter, right. it seems like he, he. If you're getting drafted as a punter, you probably have the inside track at being the starting punter. Yeah. All right. So a successful NFL draft for Syracuse, I'd say they get two selected for the first time since 2014, and a couple other undrafted free agency signees. Let's shift gears to basketball now. Syracuse recently offered over the weekend a 2022 small forward, a top 100 guy that might be joining Dior Johnson. We'll tell you about him, and another player is joining Dior Johnson at Oak Hill, a Syracuse target, which could mean he might be on his way to Syracuse. We'll talk about that next. Quick time out to hear from our friends at Postmates. Hey, Tim, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch, or maybe while you're eating breakfast. Who knows? Although we don't eat breakfast, but you should still order from Postmates if you do like breakfast. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without even leaving the house or even opening the door. And given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order from local restaurants, 
everything gets left right outside my door. There's literally no better time to use Postmates than right now. They got Postmates pickup as well, which I've been using a lot to order takeout for my favorite restaurants. You can get more than just burgers and sushis too. They can make your life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. This app, if there's ever a time to use Postmates, it's right now, Ty. Yeah, and you know what? I've been on a little bit of a gummy bears kick lately, so hey, the Walgreens and 7-Eleven certainly coming in handy for me right now. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 $100? Holy cow. $100. $100. Yes, you heard that right. A free delivery credit for your first seven days. I didn't know they're giving out that much. Hey, it's Postmates, man. They're, they're doing it big during the quarantine, all right? To start your free deliveries, the download the app and use code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100. That's a Benjamin of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, so news came out yesterday on Sunday. Syracuse has offered another guy kind of on the West Coast. It's a California small forward in the class of 2022, that class that's shaping up to be rather nice for Syracuse. They obviously, I guess technically, you know, I looked at this the other day on 247sports.com. They have the number one recruiting class in 2022 of all the teams because they have the only five-star Jimmy's back, men. baby. <laughs> yeah. So, recruiting's back for Syracuse. Everyone go nuts. Dior Johnson is, of course, who we're talking about. But a guy who could be joining him, this recent offeree, is Chris Bunch, a small forward. He's 6'6", 185 pounds, kind of a lanky, long, small forward. Seems to have pretty good touch on his jump shot. Pretty good dunker, from what I saw in his highlight tape. Pretty fluid movement to him. But a guy that I think sort of fits well into the zone. Maybe he can add a couple inches because, again, he's not coming until he wraps up in 2022. And just to give you his rankings, top 100, number 78 overall right now in the early stages of this class, according to 247sports.com. He's a three-star, which you'd think he'd be a four-star if he's a top 100 It'll probably guy, grow, too. Yeah, I mean, imagine. it's so early. So anyway, Concord, California guy, and Dior Johnson's from out in California. Don't know if they have a relationship. I guess they probably do, but that's just me assuming because everyone seems to know everyone these days that's kind of in the AAU circles, and especially if you're in the same state, that would help a little bit. Absolutely. And he's already got a number of power offers too. USC. So if he's looking for one of the the local schools, they're one that that's already reached out. You'd imagine UCLA going to do its due diligence at some point. Number of other yeah. Pac-12 schools, probably Arizona, you figure would get in the mix, Arizona State. But if you want to flip the coast here, you've got one of your fellow ACC teams that also loves its length getting in on him as well, mm -hmm. Florida State. So they they've already reached out and made an offer from Leonard Hamilton. So he, he's going to have a number of great offers. And you'd imagine, just based off of the resume of offers he has so far, he's probably going to continue to move up these rankings. But when I look at his game on his tape, I really like the length. I think that's ideal. Whether he ends up being at the top of the zone as a guard or if, who knows, again, he's a sophomore in high school. He, yeah. he can still grow another inch or two. And given his length, he probably will grow another inch or two. That's just the way, there, there's biology 101 for you today here on Locked on <laughs> Syracuse. So 
that <laughs> that all could happen and i mean the length is something that that really strikes me on top of the fact that he's got a really quick release when i look at his jump shot not saying it's the same skill level as this guy but it just when you look at the form the touch it reminds me of kevin durant okay and Listen, I'm not yeah, saying he's as good of a shooter as Kevin Durant. <laughs> right. We don't know that. And guess what? He's not as good of a shooter as Kevin Durant. No one is as good of a shooter as Kevin Durant, except maybe Steph Curry. That's a whole right. other conversation. But w- with him, he's got that high arcing touch, which is obviously a-, a product of his length, and he gets it off quickly. So it's a very tough-to-block shot that-, that he can put up there. It's actually funny you say that because there's one play in his highlight tape and I don't have like the timestamp on it, but if you go and click YouTube highlights and find the first one, maybe you'll see it. He basically does like the Durant. It's hard to describe, but yeah, that I know exactly like, what you're talking about. Shimmy into the steps up. into it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Out Which of a dribble. Is, yep. We've seen that so many times. And I was like, man, it seems like this, this guy wants to be Kevin Durant a little bit. And yep. I think maybe that's just, these 2022 kids, we're going to start to see some people sort of modeling their games after guys like Kevin Durant. So of all the offers, though, I think Syracuse is probably the biggest name right now, basketball-wise. Seton Hall just offered him as well. Florida State is on the rise, and I think you're right on there by saying they're a threat in the very, very early stages right now. The thing that's interesting about 2022 and the other news that came out this week or over the weekend was... Zion Cruz is also going to Oak Hill, and he's going to join Dior Johnson there. And he's kind of a fellow point guard, 6'1", 6'2", just like Dior. And obviously is a guy that Syracuse has been after for a while. Top 15 kid came on the Duke visit, sat next to Dior at that Duke game, and so on and so forth. So that seems to be good news. You also got Chance Westreet. There's a lot of guards, though. And Joe Girard's going to be in his senior year. Kadari Richmond, we think, will be in his junior season. Maybe he'll be able to play more of the forward spot in the zone by that point if he adds some muscle and size. But regardless, there is a lot of guards. I know you lost Bryson to the transfer portal this year. I almost would like to see them get a small forward, though, to help round out the class because I just don't think there's a world they could get Cruz, Westry, and Dior. That's not possible. I know people are dreaming of it. And honestly, we can get into the discussion at a later date in time whether they'd actually come to Syracuse. But at best, you're going to get two of those guards, I'd say. Yeah, not to mention the fact that you got one in your own backyard and J.J. Starling, who yeah, a couple true. weeks ago, I think, said he's probably not going back to Baldwinsville High School and is going to search for some prep options. So that's another situation to monitor there. You got to remember, too, you got to fill out the front court as well. Is Jesse Edwards or John Bolajac going to be your guy going totally. forward? So, again, this is so early in the process. <laughs> you, I yeah. feel like we're getting judgmental on a class that is, what <laughs> right. What are we in, 2020 right now? I mean, we're getting we joked about the, the number one class in the country. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Syracuse fans, I mean... Beggars can't be choosers, all right? But but right. We're, we're getting greedy here at this point. So, no, I mean, think about how long the last month has been. We have to wait for this one more year, then another year, and then yeah. another, like, six months on top of that until any of these guys come, all right? So, yeah, I, it's so crazy. much time to develop it. I will say this, though. These guys are going to be set back a little bit because of this whole AAU circuit getting can- – well, 
I don't think it's officially been canceled, but yeah, it's going to be but... canceled this year. So, or at least that's what the early indications. I don't want to be a prognosticator, but when you're looking and, and you're hearing the fact that college basketball and college football might not start on time, that means the AAU circuit isn't starting on time. Totally. And to, to give a parallel here, baseball's version of the AAU circuit is the Cape Cod Baseball League for, for college players. That's been axed already, all right? So yeah. that's kind of given you the, the lay of the land on what these summer sports are going to probably be like. Right, and, and baseball to me is a better shot of rejoining before basketball just because basketball you're bumping bodies and sweating on people and so on exactly. and so forth so mm-hmm. anyway it, it is premature this is what the quarantine does to us we start looking at the 2022 class in april of 2020 and we're already judging it a little bit but <laughs> that that's we have too much time on our hands and i will say this is as good as a syracuse class i mean this is really early to have like this many offers and this many visits and so on it it feels like this is a great makings to a class and that's why people are getting excited so chris bunch is another offeree for syracuse throw him into it six six small forward from california got offered yesterday we'll keep tabs on him and we will continue to keep tabs on syracuse basketball recruiting and football recruiting we do have a fun chat with the football recruit coming up tomorrow we're going to drop it on tuesday and wednesday a two-part conversation with Malcolm Folk, who was the second commit in that 2021 class. Now there's three total, but we will chat with Malcolm. That was a fun conversation. He's I was kind of He's impressed great. by him. He was great, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward for, for everyone else to listen to that one. Yeah, he really dives into kind of the position he could play in this new 3-3-5 yeah. defense, and why it's going to be. Yeah. If you're not a, a football junkie or, or know a, a bunch about this whole defense that's bringing in he lays it out for you too so if you just want to learn a little bit about football tune in tomorrow and wednesday right all right so that's upcoming tuesday and wednesday be sure to check that out a great conversation with malcolm folk for now for tyler i'm tim everyone stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow